Hey everyone, we're back for another exciting rehearsal this week with an amazing woman who has run drum corps food trucks for decades. Some social media friends and our good friend Tim Hinton drops by. We will also find out what made Cynthia say, and every bell had a mic and that was a good and a bad thing sometimes. And why Tom said, Flow marching, love him or hate him. Did a fan poll of the top 10 fan movements so far. All this and more. So get out on the field and we will see you back on the sidelines for this week's episode of On a Water Break. Let's go. Set it up. Top of the show. Form, check form. Cover down. Do it again. Run it back. And we'll see you at the show. Welcome to another episode of On a Water Break, the podcast where we talk about everything you and your friends are talking about at rehearsal on a water break. I'm Jackie Brown. We have so much going on this week. And if you didn't listen to the DCI First Impressions episode that just came out, you should. We had such a great time talking about the start of the 2023 DCI season, and I know our hosts and guests will be back later on in the summer to do it some more. So to continue our dive into drum corps, we have some behind the scenes people this week. We're going to talk to longtime food truck manager and some social media people from the cadets and the blue stars. But before we get to those, let's see who's hanging out on the sidelines this week. Tom. Hello. Hello. Uh, welcome back, Tim, and and welcome, Trish. This this is gonna be exciting. And Cynthia, hi guys. I'm happy to be here. It seems to be beautiful and sunny all around the world. So let's have a talk about drum corps. <laughs> it is a nice day today, isn't it? Oh man. And Trish, oh my gosh, long time no see. How's everybody doing today? Good? Everybody's good over here. And again, as I say, long time no see, but I feel like I haven't talked to you forever. Hi, Tim. Hey there. Thanks so much for having me here. This is Tim Hinton from the Marching Roundtable. Really excited to be on this wonderful podcast. Thanks. Let's start with a gush and go. This is the time in our show where our hosts and guests get to gush and go on about anything they want having to do with the marching arts. Now, Cynthia, I know you've been super busy lately, so let's start with you. What do you want to gush and go about? Oh, my God. You don't want to let me go on and on, but the first <laughs> thing I want to gush and go is Les Santors. So Les Santors are a Quebec drum corps. Quebecer drum corps, it's a small... Um, well, actually, it's not that small. I used to run the visual program when until I got Sarah, my daughter, and then we were maybe eight or ten horn and every bell had a mic, and that was a good and a bad thing sometimes. And now I went with them, and I helped with them last week, and there was eight uh, trumpets. So that means there's a good horn line for them. They're about 50, and they're going to have their premiere next week with Spartans, if I'm not mistaken. The Spartans going to host something, and they're going to be there. So they're leaving um, this Sunday for tour. Really encore. The youngest is 11. Uh, the oldest is 21, is gonna, the, is the drum major who's going to age out. So if you want to follow them on social media or give them a shout out or to any little core, I mean, we love our top 10, but 
to any little core. That's really cool. And they're showing off really great shows too. So yeah, gush and go about them. I love, love, love those smaller cores. Oh my gosh. That's where I started out. That's where a lot of people started out. It's so fantastic. Yeah. That's the heart of the activity. It's where it all starts. Tom, why don't you Mm -hmm. gush and go next? Um, well, I don't really have much, but I did see some friends of mine all celebrated some wedding anniversaries just recently. Uh, I believe, uh, Miss Brown and Mr. Rutt both had wedding anniversaries on the same day, I think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was about to Congratulations. say, time nice. for that. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, I had my sixth wedding anniversary and I know Chris isn't here with us right now, but, uh, he's also had his eighth wedding anniversary on July 11th. Which, when I got married, it was a Tuesday, and I got to tell you, that's a great time to get married if you are looking to save some money. (laughs) (laughs) Well, congratulations. Thanks. Uh, Trish, you want to go ahead and gush about something? Sure. Um, I mean, we we all love the competitive thing. I'm one of those people, for sure. But there seems to have been a lot of really good vibes going on lately. Um... I meant to mention this on my on my report last week when I went to the Shelton show, but I, I forgot, and it's so important. Um, when I arrived in Shelton at the DCA show, the Bushwhackers front ensemble and the Cavaliers front ensemble were, like, practicing near each other and stopping and watching each other, which was so really great to see. Um, I know Spirit of Atlanta had their debut this week, and they had up a social media post about how they were thanking all the cores, you know, for welcoming welcoming them back and being so, you know, warm and welcoming to them, and I thought that was really great to see. So there seems to be a lot of, I mean, again, all of us weren't when we were in this to win. Everybody's in this to, to do the best they can. Yeah, it's great to see the camaraderie. I know there, there is a lot of, like, uh, competitiveness between everybody, but really... We're all in this because we love it. Yeah, we want to be the best at it. But really, you know, we all love what we're doing and we respect each other's hard work that we put into it. So I love that about Drum Corps. Tim, what would you like to gush and go on about this week? Hey, I'm in that time of year that is, I feel so honored. I get to talk to all these incredible people. I'm doing interview with all the different drum corps that are performing this summer um, and they stop in the middle of like the middle of rehearsals mm-hmm. and things and, and take time to talk with me, which I'm so honored about. You guys just mentioned Spirit of Atlanta. I'm talking to their drum majors right after this recording. So everybody watch for that. Um, and you mentioned the competitiveness. You know, the other day I was talking to to Stephen Estudio, who's the visual designer for Phantom Regiment. That recording is that podcast is out right now. It's so interesting to hear about how they put that show together and how they're trying to be these sort of alien beings coming into a new world and, and um, bringing light and color and warmth and joy. And I think it's just a super cool thing, but he talked about, you know, this, this whole idea we have that there's all the competitive and they're all mad at each other. Like that's really not true. I mean, he even mentions that on the conversation, like the staffs and the members like they're that's not really their thing. They're more about their show and having fun and realizing the camaraderie of all the different you know, the the light, how much they're all alike. They're all doing the same kind of thing. I do want to mention, I talked to the Cavaliers. They're having their big 75th anniversary. What an honor it was to talk with that design team. Really, really smart people. The way they put that show together with such care and how thoughtful they were about what selections to include in this special anniversary show. Um, Richard Salcedo's on that conversation. He wrote a new composition that is supposed to just 
not hopefully their goal is not a dry in the house by the end of the show. If the so people are really mm-hmm. excited about that show. I talked to Madison Scouts about building their culture. Carolina Crown, how they stopped in the middle of spring training to talk to me about how they put that wonderful Camelot show together. A lot of people are talking about the cadets. Their uniforms are a little bit controversial. They're really like athletic wear. And so there is, if you watch the conversation I had with them about that, they explain to you why that's the case. You know, they're doing Atlas Rising and their whole take on that is not a literal thing about Atlas, but how athletic and the strength and the grit, and that's like really drum corps, everybody. And so they're going for what they're trying to show that athleticism that we yeah. all talk about all the time when we're talking about drum corps, they're trying to sort of let that be the starting point for what they're doing. And I got to tell you, a lot of people are saying they love the cadets this year. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to get really talked about. And I have to, one last thing, I mean, I'm, I'm talking to lots of corps, but I just a couple days ago had a conversation with Scott Chandler, who's the program coordinator and choreographer for the Blue Devils. They're doing this really cool show about the cutouts of Matisse. And I, one of the things I said to him in the conversation was, I said, you know, I have a personal connection to the Matisse cutouts. I said, the first time I went to Paris, I came back with a book about Matisse and his cutouts because I had seen some of that art really probably for the first time. And of course, seeing art in in person is a life-changing experience. Everybody just go to a museum and stare at some art and it will, it will change your day in your life. But he, I told him, you know, I have a personal connection and I'm really excited. They're actually creating out of all those, you see those blocks of color on the field. They're creating one of his cutouts pieces called the snail mm. and if you're not sure about it everybody do what i did which is google up the snail by yeah. matisse and then watch their show and you'll go like there it is there's the snail it's a very cool concept but anyway when i was telling him about this personal connection he says and you'll hear this in the interview that's coming out next week he says you know you'd be shocked how many people say the same thing like a lot of people have a very personal connection to the matisse cutouts i know i do who would have thought right so it's been great, great fun. I want to point out two things, and then I will stop gushing. But two <laughs> things I want to always point out, whenever I talk to these designers and people that are working with the cores in all different capacities, the thing that is, is so goes through to my mind so clearly is the care that they're taking for this. It's all about the show. It's all about the students. They don't worry so much about the competition part. Yes, they want to be successful. They want to put together a great show. They're giving a lot of care. If you're somebody out there on social media and you're griping about the shows and I don't like this, whatever, listen. These people, if you listen listen to just a couple of the interviews that I've done, and you will find they are really trying. They are trying to care for the brand of the core. They're trying to make the show be modern and new and innovative at the same time being respectful to what we all love about the core and what it is. And so nobody's out there trying to ruin drum corps or do anything that we don't like. They're all trying to give us a show that we love and that the students will have a great, great experience doing. So I want to mention that because every time I talk to any one of them, the care that they're tending for that core and for the activity, they're really, really trying to do that. So if if you're posting mean stuff out there, everybody, the students see that and it's hurtful. So stop. Okay, and that's, mm-hmm. that's that's my last little point <laughs> I want to make. But again, go to the Phantom, oh, go to Phantom Regiment. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm a Phantom Regiment guy. I can't help it. I just yeah. talked to them. Go to the Marching Roundtable website um, and find the video or the audio version and check those out. It's such an honor to get to talk to them. That's such a great point. Like people, you know, they need to realize like there was a point in time probably where posting on the internet was like screaming into a void and you know, these kids going on tour, they're not going to see that. If they do see it, it'll be like when they get home and get to a 
get to a computer. But like nowadays, it's not like that. They have the internet in their pockets and they take it with them on tour. And yeah, like just being kind and respectful online about that. And if you have, you know, if you have opinions that you just need to get out for whatever reason, like go talk to your own little circle of friends and don't do it, you know, publicly where everybody's going to see it and the kids are going to be hurt by it because those kids are working so hard oh my gosh they are out there sweating it's every day now. it hurts the kids the staff everybody it just brings down the, the whole the whole production and and who are you to say it don't yeah if i wouldn't and to listen... be friends with tim, <laughs> what, i'm sorry jackie what tim is doing helps people to not hate as much because when you understand the program you understand the people, you hear them talk, it makes sense. And yes, you cannot like, by the way, cadets, I loved it since the beginning because you know when you're a design person, you know it's for a reason. There, there's always a reason. And maybe you don't like the picture, but if you understand the reasoning, you Well, and the other thing, I'll jump in and just say, the other thing I want to make sure to say is, like, listen, everybody, you shouldn't be commenting until you've seen them live on the field. Okay? Yes. Because seeing a little picture online and then you make a decision. No, you have to see it in the context of the show and what they're doing, what yeah. they're trying to say. Like you said, Cynthia, that's why I like sharing these conversations. Once you Absolutely. hear the person from the cadets say, this is why we really thought a lot about this. This is why we're doing this. Then you're like, oh, then you watch the show and you're like, oh, I get it. Now I see it. And then you're so like, oh, wait, actually, this were, is kind of brilliant. You know, so you many have people to... were on that cadet train of what are they wearing? And then they saw that first production. They went, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. Come on. Right. Read the book. Yeah. Don't jump in and make comments until you've seen it. And hopefully live. Everybody go see Live Drum Corps. Woohoo! All right, everybody. While you get out there on the field, get in position for the viral video trend we're about to film. And uh, let's talk to some social media experts and see how their tour is going. We can find out what it's like to do social media for a top drum corps. Hey guys, I am here talking to Ryan Cleary from the Cadets social media team this summer. Hey Ryan, how's it going? Howdy, I'm happy to be on. Oh man, so you guys are on tour and you are... Uh, just absolutely killing it with the social media aspect of covering drum corps. Honestly, the way I feel like it has always meant to be covered on the ground, up close and personal. How are things going with that? So what's, what's it like being on the road and being the social media guy? Well, so um, first I got to give a major uh, props to my other two partners, Rob, Rob Hamilton and Kevin Carlson. Uh, the three of us are constantly in and out. We're working with the core to um, to make the core perceived in a positive manner, which is awesome, especially with our show being so athletic this year. Um, the cadets are constantly running around. means we're constantly running around with our cameras and getting the stuff that the viewers want to see. Um, Tour-wise, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we just got done our northeast portion of tour so we left our hometown of erie pennsylvania and drove up to massachusetts for the bean pot and the east coast showcase i believe that's what the show is um and then we did the bristol fourth of july parade um so now we're on our way down to crown beat um and we stopped we're currently 
back home in Pennsylvania, um, rehearsing for a day, and then we'll continue to trek down. But it's it's a blast on the road with the, the drum corps. Waking up every day, hearing the horns and the drum line and the color guard, it's it's amazing. I'm I'm so thankful that I'm on this team. So what do you guys do on a day-to-day -day basis as part of the social media team? So what's sort of, take us through a day in the life uh, and like what kind of your jobs are, where your responsibilities are to be and stuff like that. So um, our day-to-day -day life varies every day. Obviously um, being on social media, we have partnerships and sometimes we have to fulfill these partnership deals. Um, so what I'm currently working on right now is a partnership uh, sponsor video with Marching Health um, because the cadets partnered with Marching Health this year to help them prepare for the season with um, strength, and tr uh, strength and conditioning programs and um, just kind of overall PT. So um, I'm working on making a video basically highlighting marching health and their services that we could post out to our audiences that then can post it out to more people. And it's kind of that Doppler effect. But typically, um, the day by day, if it's a day where we don't have um, like a sponsored post to make, it's waking up, going around, getting some footage of some rehearsals time. Uh, we have a thing called constant incline, which is kind of our weekly recap. So sometimes we get footage to that and we spend some time editing. Um, we feature a member every week from a different section in those. So sometimes we'll go around and interview uh, the members, get their thoughts on how tours are going. Are they excited for competitions coming up? Um, and at night, the part that I love the most, at least, when we do a full ensemble, we have a drone that we fly up in the air for the final yes, run. Yes, I love we, flying drones. <laughs> so we fly the drone up and we get the over overhead shot of the drill. So that way our drill writer who lives in England can see what we're doing just in case he wants to change anything. But it's just super cool working with the media team because the drone doesn't have a microphone. So typically I'm either on making sure the drone doesn't mm. fly into a tree or I'm in charge of making sure that the microphone that we're using to capture the audio is still intact and the staff members up there are not like talking so that's kind of a day-to-day -day thing and then we we edit a bunch too and hopefully um pretty soon i'll be going out because i gotta film some more stuff and it's it's fun so so where can people uh follow you guys on social media. So what are what are some of the cadets handles? So some of our followers, if, if they're not like familiar with you guys on social yeah. media, how can they find you? So pretty much on Facebook and Instagram, we're uh, at the cadets. Um, and all the sections also have their own respective Instagrams. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, if you look up um, like the cadets mellophones um, or the cadets battery, um, stuff like that. And the good thing about the meta business suite is that uh, auto fill, auto search also helps out a bit too, because um, sometimes it's a bit difficult to find the true section Instagram. But um, right. I believe we, yeah, I believe we also have a TikTok that we're trying to start start up a bit. Um, and I would say that is also just search the cadets. 
Okay, cool. So, like I said, I love flying drones. I also love social media. I'm kind of a kind of a social media nerd myself. Uh, if I wanted your job, if I wanted to come on tour next year, how how do you get this? What what sort of your um, what sort of your credentials and how did you find out about this and how do you like recommend maybe some of our listeners if they're interested in doing this next year, how would they get involved? So for me, my story was a bit different. Um, so I'm a I'm an undergraduate uh, graduate or I guess I graduated college with undergrad in communications journalism. Um, and I'm going back for my master's in strategic communications. But um, my main goal is I want to be a content creator. Um, so seeing the job, there was a job opening that Kevin Carlson actually opened um, up to just social media and I applied within minutes. But typically, I my advice would be just look on the Corps websites under the job description. Normally, they have like video intern or like audio intern, um, but sometimes they'll have those positions like photographer, videographer, um, and just apply there. Um, knowing that you don't need a degree for this type of work is also great. So you could be a hobbyist of like, hey, I just like to take photos and I really want to work with sports photography. Like you don't need to have a degree in photography or anything. Like. It helps that I have the degree, but at the same time, if I just had a hobby towards uh, video, it's it would work out just fine. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. This has been awesome. I feel like I've learned a lot already. And uh, those of you who are social media nerds like myself, you can get on there and you can jump on and find some of those positions for next year. And uh, maybe Ryan will be in charge of things and hiring you next year. Who knows? Who knows? He might take over all of all of the drum corps social media stuff. <laughs> who knows? All right. Thank you so much for coming. And uh, it's been great talking to you today. Anytime. Thank you for having me on. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for taking the time. Um, now I want to talk to another social media person who is absolutely just dominating all of Instagram and everything right now. We have Jack Pantaleo, and I hope I pronounced that correctly, uh, from the Blue Stars. Hey, Jack. Hey, how's it going? You got super close. The last name's a hard one to do, but uh, happy to be here. Happy to have a have a couple minutes to chat with you guys, and uh, you know, just take a second to nerd out about everything social media and media related for Drum Corps. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I I just have to say first of all because Blue Stars keeps coming up over and over and over, and it's like you guys have like all of the normal, you know, the normal like we're introducing our staff and we're doing all like this is where our shows are and all the normal stuff. However. The thing that I feel like you guys have taken up to the next level this year is I am seeing like trends and I'm seeing like really personal stuff, like getting to know this core as it's like personal identity. What is some of the inspiration for that? What made you want to kind of go that direction with the social media this year? Sure. Yeah. Um, it's certainly been a number of years, a number of years kind of in the, in the pro in, in progress, kind of getting to where this is. And this certainly isn't even kind of, the final version of whatever it is, but 
um, you know, it, it, to your point, you have to start somewhere. And so for the last couple of years, it's it's really been myself with a little bit of help here and there, whether we can hire, you know, use a little bit of funds and hire somebody and get some like photo help here and there and just doing more or less maintenance of social media. Um, but this is in, in a lot of ways the first first year since I've been in this role that we've been able to both from a personnel um, perspective as well as a coverage perspective for the summer have a really solid team both in terms of numbers and experience and just talent um, so that that in a lot of ways is is much of kind of where the success has stemmed from I I really will take very little credit myself as to the things that you've probably seen um, I'm just kind of the guy pointing fingers and, and helping them out in ways that they need but um, my team that works alongside myself um, is is a really big part of it um, they're they're young thankfully we've actually everybody on the team has done this activity in a way before on the media side so that's that's a huge plus to kind of jump right in and know how how things are done and what they should do that just that helps that's immense in terms of just success and cadence that we can post at. So, you know, there's really, I, I, there's there's not a huge secret sauce. Um, it's just, I think the chemistry that we have, the, the personnel, the number of people, and just kind of, especially this year, we've all, we've all gelled really well. Um, we have a very similar kind of train of thought and, uh, you know, the narrative and topics of things that we've been choosing are kind of, yeah, they're up our alley, but they're also relevant. And, I think overall, it's just it's we're, we're we're all media people. We all like having fun and making cool things, and uh, the public and yourselves are kind of getting to benefit from what we like making. Do you want to give a shout out? Who's who's your media team? You want to give them a shout out on here? Sure. Yeah. So it's myself as the manager this summer, and then our photographer is Michaela Lockhart on Instagram. Her her handle is at mlockphoto, uh, and then our videographer and uh, basically creator of most of the TikTok content you may have seen. Uh, his name is Marcus Origenis. Uh, he's, I don't, I don't know if he's got any social media that I'll shout out, but yeah, there, there are two main, main people and I've just been absolutely, absolutely killing it this year. Oh, for sure. Like, like I was saying, like every time I open up my, my social media, it's like, like blue stars everywhere. They're just all over the place. You guys are, are just absolutely killing it. So what's, how like this seems like you're probably putting a lot of work into it. What is it like? What's kind of a day in the life of a Blue Star social media person? How much time are you spending like gathering content, editing content, posting stuff, you know, researching the trends and other stuff that's going on? Like, what's your what's a day in your life like? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. Um, I will do my best to answer it, but I also there's there's really not like a, a standard day. Um, True. <laughs> you know, as I'm sure you're aware, the, the first month is, is spent at a spring training housing site, which is a very different cadence for us and just workflow for us that first 30 days while they're, they're learning the show in a lot of ways versus the other two months. Um, a big portion of that first month is actually a huge constraint on us because props and show music and uniforms and all those things are still mostly under wraps. And so from from an external viewpoint, mm. there's there's actually a lot of things that we have to take into account that we can't use or can create, but have to, you know, basically stockpile for many, many weeks in the future. Um, so during the spring training, actually the last number of weeks, probably some of these pieces of content, um, we did like an iCarly intro video 
Um, <laughs> I think there's one from Modern Family. Uh, but some of these things that you are now seeing and still have yet to see were actually created in spring training just because we had the, the manpower and the personnel, but um, had a lot of concentrated time during that part of the summer to just really crank stuff out and put our heads together and be creative. Um, so during the spring training thing, there's there's an element of checking boxes. You know, every every parent wants proof of life pictures of their son or daughter, and that's a huge <laughs> part of it. Uh, we want to show people that we're here doing doing the thing. You know, starting to put the show on the field. Um, during that time, we have a number of super amazing sponsors that we have to shout out to, or you know, fulfill any sort of partnership deals with, and that's that's usually a little bit more relevant right as the season gets going. Um, so there's there's some of that, but then again, in the spring training um, time period, there's there's a lot of not free time, but there's there's more of an open um, amount of time for us to kind of have fun and be creative and just do silly little things. Um, now that we're now that we're on tour, it's uh, at least our schedule is a little bit more regimented in the fact where it, more or less we're following what the drum corps does. You know, they wake up, they have rehearsal for two to six hours and then we'll pack up and go to a show and so from a capturing standpoint we are basically married to to what the drum corps is doing um every time somebody is new to this uh the media game and this activity or is just kind of starting out a lot of times they have come from the side of marching or being a performer um and their natural kind of gravitation is to want to essentially follow the exact schedule of the drum corps, meaning they wake up at eight, they're out shooting for four hours on the field with the drum corps, they come in for food, and they kind of like naturally replicate that. And I think a big, a big learning moment or a big piece of success that we have is, yes, it's important to know when kind of the peak moments are to be out in front of the group, but also operating a little bit more like a business and operating more as kind of sole proprietors and not just essentially being out there with a camera because there's something happening, being a little bit more intentional with our usage of time and what we're capturing is a huge, huge component, especially just because there's we're, we're here for, for 90 days. There's an, it's a large, large mass of content that can be captured. And so kind of yeah. having the, the knowledge or rather like, you know, understanding when it, when it, when it matters or when it's relevant relevant to capture something is, is, is a big part of kind of schedule management and what dictates our, our day to day. So what's your background? Like, where are you from? What did you study? Like what kind of got you into this role? Yeah. Uh, in some ways I have a very unique background in other ways I have a very traditional background. Um, I'm a band kid through and through, uh, <laughs> elementary school, middle school, high school, college. I was in pretty much all of the music and band performing arts classes I could have been in. I'm a trumpet player of, we'll say, 12, 14 years at this point. So I definitely <laughs> have a musical, performative musical background. Um, I attended University of Wisconsin-Madison for three semesters. Uh, I was on the track to study. Uh, I was in the radio, TV, film um, major, so something that was quite quite relevant to this industry. Um, due to some family situation stuff and just I, I ended up leaving leaving school but that is the track I was on um, and currently I was actually very 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 fortunate to grow up with my my dad's family business he owned 
and operated an audiovisual production and rental company. So from a very early age, I was at least exposed kind of to the space and to the industry in a really unique way that I am very aware that most individuals don't have access to. Um, and so I, I will accredit that as much as I can that like, at least I was, I was given that opportunity at a young age and certainly helped in kind of forming, forming my background. Um, the last couple of years I've spent kind of either a combination of freelancing content work in the music performative arts space. Uh, this past year I've been down in Austin, Texas, uh, working as a content creator with Ultimate Drillbook. And then the last, I mean, I, this is, I believe, my seventh or eighth tour with a drum corps, but I've been on staff, the staff side, uh, for a number of years now in the, the media content role as well. Well, really, I mean, that just goes to show that means you really know what you're doing. And like, like I said, it shows in your work when you post it online, you know, just having all that background and having it's great that you were able to take what you were given at a young age and turn it into something that's so meaningful. And it's seriously, it's reaching so many people and it's touching so many lives that, you know, hopefully this is really like you were saying, you want the, to show the drum corps in their own light and, and have them uh show it themselves, you know, show their personality. And, and I think you do a really great job of that. So thank you so much for putting the Blue Stars out there like that. I know <laughs> you said you marched Blue Stars, right? Yeah, yeah, I did four years at DCI. My first year, 2016, was at Oregon Crusaders, but then 2017, 18, and 19 were, were with Blue Stars, yep. Well, FCO, because I'm a fellow Blue yes. Star alum myself, a little bit longer ago than you were there, however. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That's so, okay. Oh no, I'm as <laughs> an alum. Well, how uh, how can we follow Blue Stars on social media? Uh, we uh, we have a, a, a media account on, I believe, most major platforms: Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, TikTok has been a big focus for us this year. We are just starting. Uh, Meta came out with their Threads platform a few days ago. We're getting into that, starting to think about ways to integrate into that. Uh, I don't think I missed anything big, um, but it's either Blue Stars DBC, Blue Stars DCI, or just at Blue Stars um, on any of those platforms. So it should be rather rather easy to find us uh, wherever you're looking to to see what we're up to. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Jack. We will message you and we'll be checking in with you throughout the season um, and see kind of how things are going. But uh, seriously, thank you so much. I know your schedule is crazy and I really appreciate you coming out to take the time to uh, to talk with us today. And I know Wi-Fi and, and cell signal is going <laughs> wild when you're on tour. <laughs> it is, yes. Yep. Thanks so much for having me. It's been great. Uh, appreciate the time and, you know, hope to see or talk to you guys in the future. Absolutely. All right. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, guys. Those guys were so fun to talk about. So what have you all been seeing in terms of DCI on social media this summer? What who stood out to you? What drum corps stood out to you? What are you guys what are you guys seeing and enjoying? Uh, the troopers are always on top of it. I think they do a great job of promoting their organization and, and just daily activities. I like a lot of um, picture scenery because there's a lot of videos and stories and, and all of that little clips that are really, really fun. I gave a shout out to Blue Knights because they've always done kind of the same program of every day showing what they're doing while they're on um, camp and now they're on tour. But I like, I really like the social 
I don't know who they are, the social media person, but from Carolina Crown and who's the other one? There's another court. It's just the pictures are gorgeous. They're all pictures you want to print and have in your house that shows the essence of drum corps and late nights, but you, how you push your body, but it's just really, really beautiful. So shout outs to Carolina Crown and, um, and the Blue Knights. They always have really nice pictures on top of like regular stories that they share, of course. But yeah, I really like those two social media. I have been in love. Obviously, I'm in love with the Blue Stars social media because, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a Blue Star. And But I had to say something about watching the evolution of action photography in the marching arts, like specifically marching arts action photography. It has changed so much in the last 20 years. Like they've got this down to an absolute art now getting these beautiful action shots. And I just, you know, seeing it on social media. And now these kids are like every shot that they get of themselves is a glamor shot. Whereas, you know, whenever, (laughs) whenever I marched, we'd have to go to the Joel Esch media site whenever it was like a free day or something and, and look (laughs) and be like, is there a good picture of me? Is there even a picture of me? Is there a good picture? And like, it's sort no. of me in the background. Yeah, exactly. And like, oh, this this one, I'm in a cool pose, but like, it's a little blurry. And like now, there's so many people who are just like perfecting it. I love it. Love, love, love. Mm-hmm. Well, it is time to get some lunch. So while the kids are eating, let's bring Tracy over to chat about how she does it and how she's been doing this on a food truck for almost 30 years. Hey, this is Christine Ream and Chris Green. Guard Closet was founded as a consignment business in 2000. Since then, it has grown to include winter guard, band, percussion, and other genres. We can help you with custom flag and costuming designs. Our consignment inventory has plenty of great looks for your color guard, drumline, and marching band. Pay it forward. When you purchase consignment, you help other programs. Last year, we sold over 400 sets of consignments and returned over $125,000 in payments to our consigners for their sales. Additionally, Guard Closet offers custom and pre-designed costumes, flags, floors, and formal wear, full or partial show writing, educational programming, and other services. Max out your rehearsal time and set up a microsite for easy student ordering for shoes, gloves, and other equipment. The Guard Closet team is here to help you get everything you want and need for your season. Check us out at guardcloset.com and follow us on social media. Welcome back to the water break. Guys, I am so excited to be standing here on the sidelines with the absolute queen of food truck herself, Tracy Glasscock. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Jackie. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I had to work at uh, four o'clock this morning, so I'm a little tired, but we're good. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm glad you're still kicking. So for those of you who don't know, uh, I met Tracy back in, was it 2014, I think? I was teaching at Legends, and you were rocking the Thunderdome, which is their food truck. Actually, I knew of you before then. I knew of you when you were <gasps> Did in you know Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. And also, speaking of Blue Stars, one of my fellow Blue Stars alumni, Justin's here today. Hi, Justin. Hello, hello, hello. Tracy, thank you so much for coming to On a Water Break. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. 
So there is a tradition that we have to um, start off our interview with today. This is called the 32 Count Life Story. Basically, we're going to run a metronome and you're going to get eight counts to start you off. And then we want to know everything about your life from birth to now <laughs> in the next 32 counts. Are you ready? Let's go. Hi, I'm Tracy. I um, grew up in Pawpaw, Michigan, loved marching band my whole life, went to Western as a music major, worked my way through Western doing cake decorating, got, uh, got married, had three girls, ended up in drum corps also. Um, <laughs> yikes. Um, ended up... <laughs> Going uh, to Dimensions as a drum corps, um, was with them for a couple of years, went to Blue Stars, um, was the food and volunteer coordinator there for a few years. Then um, I started um, working with Legends with Ibe Sodawala and was there from uh, 2006 until last year and uh, have been in their food and volunteer coordinator for a really long time. <laughs> that's awesome tracy i've also i've also worked um briefly with madison scouts with the americanos with um oh goodness um i worked with chris mcgonigal and genesis we helped get their program up and running um i've worked with um a couple of people from the Cavaliers. I've worked with uh, Phantom Regiment. Um, holy cow. Um, yeah. <laughs> like I said, you've been everywhere. You know everybody. Oh, my gosh. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. What did your daughters do in drum corps? You said your daughters were in drum yes. corps, too. My oldest daughter was a mellophone. She started out as a trumpet. And I uh, went to Mellophone and got some really sick parts, just playing incredible music. Um, and she aged out on Mellophone. Um, my middle daughter was in Color Guard. Uh, she also notably went to Interplay and was in, with Interplay when they won the World Championships, the Rose Ooh, Show. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, then my youngest daughter, Rachel, was the youngest member in the Color Guard it in dimensions and then moved over to the pit and became the youngest member in legends pit in the indoor ensemble so so let's go ahead and dive into the world of the food truck yes how did you end up there like i know you said you know with your daughters being involved in core but like how did you end up being in the food truck part and how did you end up running everything basically <laughs> okay lovely couple jim and judy evans back in the day um i think everybody knew them in that time too that was back when drum corps midwest was a thing um okay and um uh i started volunteering for them um their musical arranger i Sodawala at the time said hey i've got this group that you might be interested in having your daughter join and if you want to you can come and volunteer if you want to ha 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 and uh, <laughs> so i went i started helping with the food a little bit and the next month I came back and the executive director was doing the cooking and he says, Tracy, we have to talk. And um, at that point, Judy had had 
issues with her mother. Her mother wasn't doing well, and she and Jim had to take a back seat. So I became the person. I had no idea how to do anything. I am not kidding. When they brought me a food truck, it wasn't hooked up to anything, and the water heater was sitting on the floor in front of the sink, and I sat down on the water heater, and I cried <laughs> because I had no idea what to do. And so one of the guys came came to me and said, well, let's, let's figure this thing out because I've never hooked up this truck. We can do this. So then we started out with simple food. Um, I got going with that and um, did food for... Uh, in, I want to say it was two and a half, almost three years with them. And then Dimensions folded. We went, and then um, that's when I got hooked up to Blue Stars. And uh, at that point, they called me in and said, do you want to look at running this program? And I went, you're kidding, right? <laughs> I said, no, we've got a place for you and your daughters for, for the core if you would like that. So I went in. And met with the director, and uh, he says, well, I pretty much need to have an answer right now. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> so just at, in the matter oh, of I, one camp, wow. <laughs> I was in charge of the Blue Stars food program in one camp. And uh, so I I did, wow. and that was when Blue Stars was Div 2, and uh, back in the day. And so I was working with Blue Stars for the next two years after that, and then um, I stepped back, and that was when Ibe Sotawala came to me and said, I have this wonderful idea for drum corps in Michigan. Would you like to be on board? And I said, I sure would. And we built, we well, we started out as um, asking for forgiveness instead of permission, um, because we were just kind of a sideline group at the time. And uh, I was cooking food on butane burners and Nesco's and a griddle out of a, out of a little wow. tiny trailer. And then we built a little food truck that we had bought from, get ready for this, Northern Aurora. <laughs> <laughs> they had, they, they had it. yeah. They uh, they had one that they had um, all been together along with Dimensions, and we were just using their equipment. So, um, built a little food truck out of that, and just drove it right into the ground. Um, and then uh, um, we ended up buying a fifty-one foot semi trailer. After that, and we built it from scratch, on the road, while I was cooking out of it. I know. Oh, my oh gosh. gosh. So I helped design the thing. Oh. Um, after Well, after I skipped past the Blue Stars part. Um, after learning how their truck worked and loving it, absolutely loving their truck, I took <laughs> the things out of that truck and said, I want this, 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 and this on my truck because I really like the setup. So um, we built the Legends Food Trailer, which is which is uh, affectionately called Thunderdome, uh, <laughs> because <laughs> there were so many things that went wrong with that thing that uh, when we were building it, that it, I mean, at one point um, they were hooking up the stove and flames were shooting out of the knobs instead of going up into the back of the the thing. He, and the, oh the, guy that was setting it up, the guy that was setting it up says, "Is it supposed to do that?" And I said, "No." No, it's not. He says, well, now we have to put it because there's a fire inside the truck. 
So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. So, um, we, like I said, we built that thing from scratch. I was walking over circular saws and lumber while I was trying to cook for, at that point, it was about 60 kids. And uh, wow. down down the years, a couple of, couple of years later, um, we started our membership, just grew and grew and grew until um, 20, I want to say 2017, 2018, when we got to about a, between 100 and 130 kids. And um, wow! And uh, along the way, we were able to feed the whole core and figure out how how this crazy thing called drum core works. And when people would come <laughs> up and they would say, "Our food truck broke down. What can we do to help?" And I said, "Let's feed them." So there were many, many times that I was feeding two cores out of our truck with my team of volunteers. Wow. Oh, wow. And uh, we just, in open class, that's what you do. You just, you help each other out because it's absolutely yeah. necessary to, to help each other out if you're going to make it and keep everything seamless. I've had, um, I've had sure. kitchen utensils used as percuss percussion instruments, and um, <laughs> I've, I have functioned as um, the medical person. I've functioned as um, a, a sewing person. I've put people together with duct tape if I've had to, um, I, I, along with wow. cooking, along with cooking, and... Um, you know, they always say that you're the first person up and the last person to go to bed. Yeah, you better believe that. Right? Sure. I got I got used to only like two or three hours of decent sleep, <laughs> which is why I'm a baker right now. You know, <laughs> um, but outside of outside of drum corps, I was also working at uh, different restaurants. I um, worked at um, um, in the I was a pastry chef for a while and. Uh, Got some really great training at Firekeepers Casino in their pastry department, and uh, um, all all along the time, people knew that I cook, but they but my forte is doing doing baking. So the kids got some really good cake. Let me tell you, <laughs> when we were on the road, I would do some pretty good birthday cakes for people, and. Um, uh, so that's awesome. So we just. Uh, we just made things happen. Thunderdome was the place of magic. That's where the magic happened. Sure. And, and, uh, that's uh, true. That's, awesome. that's where all of my, I mean, that's where all of my friends are. All of my friends all over the country. That's where they, that's where they all, they came to volunteer for me. And, um, we've all stayed in contact throughout the years. And it's, it's a wonderful, it's really a wonderful position. It is Very exhausting nice. though. It's not for the faint of heart. Not at all. Well, that, that actually brings up a question that I've been burning to ask, but you've got so many stories to tell and you were like, and I was so enthralled, but <laughs> I'm curious because marching drum corps, you know, we go out, we do those, you know, hot sun practices mm -hmm. and then we come back and then food is ready yes. and then we leave and then we come back and more food is yes. ready. But 
what is a day in the life of a food truck worker? Like, take me through it, like from okay. the morning all the way to the end. Okay. What is that like? Considering that the day actually starts the night before when you leave the show site, you leave the show site, you get in the truck, okay. and I had the luxury, thank goodness, of actually sleeping in the cab of the truck that pulled my trailer. So I got, I was the, that was where I got good sleep. Wow. And I could, I literally could fall asleep, like head hit the pillow. I was asleep before we got out of the parking lot. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, you'd get to the housing site at two, three o'clock in the morning. I have a food, I had a food crew every single season and they made it their goal to set up the trailer. I would, I, myself and the engineer that built the food truck went through and trained the people because that also is not a job for the faint of heart. You have to hook everything up right so that you don't blow, blow circuits in the school, blow circuits in your truck. Um, so they, they know the questions to ask where to hook everything up. Um, my best food crew got the hookups for the truck in less than 10 minutes. Whoa. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Oh my gosh. 10 minutes. They were I couldn't even set up my bedroll that fast when I was <laughs> Right? I'm like, in 10 minutes, I just got off the bus and I'm wiping my eyes going, oh, why didn't somebody wake me up? Okay. Where, now, where's my sleeping? Where's my I, sleeping? I, I, I do have a story and it'll, it, I'll, I'll tag that onto the end of this. So anyway, um, so okay. we set the food truck up and if it's over two hours, I will actually blow up my bed and lay down and go to sleep for two hours until wake up. Um, if it is less than two hours, I might just sleep on a blanket on the floor. I have slept on my food truck, yes. My, my truck was absolutely huge, and I would sleep in the aisle way. Yes, I did that. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's hardcore, <laughs> so to speak. That's super um, hardcore. <laughs> but um, then I'd wake up. Start prepping food, coffee first. Absolutely. Um, we we had the last coffee maker that we had was so big, we called it the Abyss because it was a 42-cup coffee maker. And we would we would empty that thing oh out two and a half times a day. Yeah. So start <laughs> breakfast, get everything going. No there. Um, meet the volunteers that were coming to the truck. They would come, they would start prepping things. I would give them jobs to do. We'd, the tables would already be set up. All we'd have to do is take out the things for breakfast, the, the utensils for the day, the garbage cans, the, um, get the Gatorade made, um, all of those things. And then the, the, we would always have to feed field lining crew. That's when we knew we had one hour, we had a one hour, um, countdown because the field lining would come out and we'd know everybody else was getting up an hour later than that. So then, we'd, so then we'd get ready to serve. We'd serve the kids and it didn't matter what size the core was, whether the core was 60 or whether the core was 120 or 150, we got them through the line in 15 minutes or less. It, there were no questions. Don't ask what you're eating. Here you go. Just like the food. Wow. That's, that's efficiency amazing. right there. But we also <laughs> but we also had everything set aside for all of the people with the allergies. Just take it and go. Yeah, exactly. Anybody with and there's always hot food for breakfast. It wasn't just it wasn't just cereal and Gatorade. They would have a hot afternoon. I appreciated that. There was, I appreciated always, that too. there was always oatmeal. Um, if you couldn't have anything else, something for vegetarians, something for um, people that were gluten-free, uh, just 
you know, any, any number of things. Um, and then as soon as the kids go out to the, to the rehearsal block, we'd start prepping for lunch. And because open class had a weirder schedule than world class did, we would prep um, lunch and dinner at the same time. So we'd be cooking two meals at the same time. Um, we'd get lunch ready, then we'd finish up dinner as we were getting ready to start lunch. Then I have these wow. wonderful hot boxes, great big cambros like they like you would see at a um, like a catering event. They're big brown boxes that hold the heat. We would put all of our hot food for dinner in the hot boxes, strap those things shut, and then after they got done with lunch and had their last block, they would have before we oh, yeah. go, um, which was usually um, granola bars, whole fruit. Gatorade, things like that. Something grab and go before you take the door, get dressed, get, you know, get ready to go, get in halves, get on the bus, go to the show site when we got to the show site. Then we would set up for dinner, but dinner was already cooked. So we, all of the volunteers and I could go watch the show, which was really nice. We would just, we'd um, just bug out as soon as the core was done so that we could run over and feed them. Um, but then they'd have ready to go and then the kids could watch the rest of the show and wait for scores to come in and stuff like that and uh, a lot of times um once the week got started we would do leftovers breakfast lunch dinner leftovers and that was everybody's favorite meal uh, like the days that we would That's have leftover cool. for days I've never even thought about that. it was like christmas it's like, it's like oh my god when did we have this how did i miss this <laughs> <laughs> but we'd have some leftovers sometimes, and um, then we'd pack it all up. Um, we never had time to do dishes. We had um, we had an instant hot water heater, but there was no place to empty the tanks, so we always had to just kind of, okay, we're just going to put it in the sink. We'll wash dishes when we get up in the morning for breakfast, <laughs> which is what we did. We'd get to our new housing site. We'd all go to bed. The crew would set up the truck. Then we'd get up in the morning. And a couple of people would start doing dishes, and the rest of us would get going with breakfast, and there we go all over again. And in between, in those times, if we needed to, we would make uh, store runs too, mm. for the you know for the thirty loaves of bread per meal and the <laughs> peanut butter and jelly and stuff like. Well, we didn't usually have to worry about peanut butter jelly. It was always Gatorade. Gatorade was in high demand, and everywhere we went, you could see where there was a drum corps in town because all the Gatorade was gone, <laughs> all of it. <laughs> But for us, we had recipes. If we had one can sure. of Gatorade and we didn't have enough to finish it, we would make recipe. We had an entire so recipe, much, so an entire recipe book of Gatorade flavors. Everybody's oh, favorite um, was, um, oh my gosh, what was it? Gummy bear. Gummy so bear was the favorite flavor. It was kind of, it was Riptide Rush and the Lemon Yellow. And you mix it together, and it kind of makes this khaki army green color. And it tastes just like gummy bears. What? Yeah. <laughs> so that's the the day in the life. Uh, I am taking that recipe. That sounds delicious. <laughs> 
Okay, so you mentioned in all this, like this this chef competition, it's like this national thing. And you mentioned you're you're going to be starting a um your own business at with this book that you wrote. Tell me more about the book. Um, well, it's it's a cookbook called um Recipes from Thunderdome. It's recipes for feeding anywhere from 30 to th or 50 to 300 people and uh, goes through all of the basics of how to cook for large groups of people. I mean, I, I'm not going back to individual recipes. We're just going straight to the big stuff. And um, uh, I'm just trying to, what I would really like to do is educate the people that are scared of cooking for larger groups of people that, you know, they're like, I don't, I have never cooked for more than five people. What do I do? So it answers a lot of questions. I give a lot of background with measurements and how to figure out how to shop for that many people. Um, the basic quantities. Um, and then you also have to take into consideration all the calories that are consumed as it's well. True. Cause don't they eat like 6,000 calories a day or something like that? It's huge. Yes. Yes. It's ridiculous. Yes. And they need to be good calories too. So you just, you have to watch what, what you're feeding them and what they're eating. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, well, you know, Tracy, we've been having such a great time talking with you today. Um, you mentioned your socials, but we didn't get your socials. So where can we find you if we're looking for you on the social media? Yes. Yes, I am Tracy Glasscock on um, Instagram, Tracy Glasscock on Facebook, and on TikTok. Um, on TikTok, I also, my handle is also See My Pretties. <laughs> see My Pretties, okay. <laughs> so I have pictures of all of the, all, See My Pretties. I have all the, all of the, I have a few videos on there and all of the stuff that I make now, as well as some drum corps pictures. Excellent. Well, we are going to have to get back to our rehearsal, but Tracy is going to go to the food truck and make sure everything is in ship shape over there. Uh, so we'll see you guys back out on the field. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Tracy. Thanks for coming, Tracy. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hello, everyone. It's Tim Hinton, the beast of the marching arts and the host of the Marching Roundtable podcast. It's a great summer, and we're in the middle of a series of podcasts about the 2023 DCI season. These podcasts are being released in audio and video versions, which you can find at our website. Already available are podcasts about the Cavaliers, who are celebrating 75 years with Where You'll Find Me, and the Madison Scouts, who share great advice about building a better culture in your organization. Out this week is our conversation with Carolina Crown, where I talk with four members of the design staff. Now listen to this. Rick Subel, the artistic director, Jeff Saktig, the visual designer, Michael Klesch, brass arranger and music director, and Kevin Shaw, percussion arranger and sound designer. They were so nice to stop in the middle of spring training when we recorded that and talk to me about the show. We take you behind the scenes. You hear about how the show was constructed and then about how the members are bringing the show ideas to life this summer. This show is epic, as any show about Camelot would have to be. And then next week, I talk with music coordinator Mark Whitlock of The Cadets. We talk about their show, Atlas Rising and the strength and grit required by the core. I think you will be fascinated about how Mark describes the show, saying it's analogous to the past, present, and future of the core. The grit and strength required of Atlas Rising 
in relation to the past, present, and future of the cadets. This is pretty gritty stuff. Watch for other podcasts all summer from other DCI Corps, where we take you behind the scenes and up close, including a conversation I recently had with Phantom Regiment visual designer Stephen Estudillo about their show, Exogenesis, which everybody is already talking about. It's a great summer of drum corps. And don't forget that you really need to see drum corps live. Go buy a ticket, sit in a stadium, make an effort to get there because the live experience is really special. You can feel the energy and passion of the performers coming off the field. It's an experience unlike anything else. Go see Drum Corps live. Happy DCI, everybody. Hope you enjoy our interviews all summer at the Marching Roundtable. So I have to say, Tim, at least when I was on Core, which is a little little while ago, uh, Phantom Regiment had the best after-show food truck options. Awesome. Love hearing that. All right, guys. So now, if you don't follow Drum Corps today on Instagram yet, you should, because they're keeping us up up to date, sorry, with all the Drum Corps stuff this week. So, mate, so take it away, Jeremy. Hey, everyone. Drum Corps today back with a whole ton of Drum Corps news. Even though tours started a week later this year, that didn't hold anyone back from coming out of the gates strong, maybe even record-scoring season strong. The touring aspect of the season started, and right away there was intense competition. Phantom Regiment led Blue Stars, and Troopers led Colts, both changes in rank since last season. While Colts and Troopers continue to sway back and forth, Phantom has kept pretty strong lead against the Blue Stars. Out west, Vessel and Impulse kept scoring quite close, and we initially saw some competition between Pacific Crest and the Academy for the first few shows, but soon enough, Pacific Crest started scoring higher and higher, outscoring the Academy, and eventually competing with and outscoring with the Blue Knights. As the early season progressed, we started to see more groupings like Blue Coats, Boston Crusaders, and Carolina Crown all trying to get into the top three. Phantom Regiment, Mandarins, the Cadets, the Cavaliers, and Blue Stars all trying to find fifth through ninth, with Troopers and Colts not too far behind them. Then the most intense competition so far, 12th through 17th, with Pacific Crest, the Blue Knights, Crossman, the Academy, Spirit of Atlanta, and Madison Scouts, all going for that last final spot. While that competition will continue on for just under a month, competition came to a head for five cores yesterday. Blue Devils B, Golden Empire, Impulse, Vessel, and Blue Devils C, with Impulse coming out ahead of Vessel after some pretty intense competition all season long, and BDB finishing their season undefeated in open class, coming out with a score of 75.5. Coming up next week are some pretty major events. On Tuesday, DCI Broken Arrow will have the Blue Devils, Carolina Crown, Boston Crusaders, and the Blue Coats all coming head-to-head for the first time this season. On Thursday, Crown, Boston, and the Blue Coats will have a chance to have a rematch in DCI Denton. On Friday, BD, Crown, and Blue Coats will have another rematch in DCI Houston. And on Saturday, 22 cores will come together in San Antonio for the first regional of the season. This will be our first sample of how August might look, or at least a baseline for the rest of the season will. As I briefly mentioned earlier, this might be a record-breaking season. The Blue Devils have been scoring pretty high, and if you look at the distance we are from finals now and compare it to where they were scoring in 2014, at this point, as of today, they're outscoring their 2014 counterpart. We're still under a month away from finals, but if things keep up, 99.65 might not be the highest final score ever anymore. All these scores can be found on our Instagram, and a more in-depth analysis can be found on our threads, both at Drum Corps Today. And stay tuned for more Drum Corps news. All right. Our hosts are coming in with some great news stories to both inform and entertain you all this week. I 
have a story as well to bring to you guys. The uh, the WAMSB, the World Association of Marching Show Bands, uh, is going to have their 2023 competition July 17th through 24th. That is coming up. Like, is that that's next week? Uh, there are going to be people from all different countries. I, I was actually looking for a list to see if they had like a lineup and I could not find one yet. Um, but this, this competition is huge. We're talking the United States Marine Drum and Bugle Corps is there. Um, we're talking, they have like a huge parade. They have all kinds of activities downtown. It, it's in a, uh, Buchanan, West Virginia, I believe is how you say that. And they, uh, they have like vendors, food vendors. They have, like I said, the parade, they have a huge like festival going on. And then they also do this marching band competition on top of everything. So it's just a huge like community event, but it's, it's international. I mean, they have, uh, bands coming from all over. I know I actually personally heard about this, uh, whenever I was working in Brazil, because uh, the WAMSB program, the association was uh, having their championship down in, I don't remember what country it was, but it was in one of the Latin countries. And they do a lot of stuff in like different Latin countries. And there's some European bands involved. And it's just so cool to see. And, and it's here in the U.S. this year, which I think has only happened once in their entire history, if I remember correctly. So yeah, 26 years they've been doing it. And this is, this is only the second time it has been in the U S I, if anybody knows anybody from the WAMSB or anybody who's helping to coordinate this show or any bands that are going to be going, tell them to call me social media my, my literally my phone number's out there my dm me whatever let's let's get on this show and let's talk about this because i think this is such a cool event and uh, i would love to know more about it sounds neat i mean anything with a food uh, truck yes food trucks like sign me up <laughs> and of course parades there's a huge parade they do a parade of nations so each country that's involved, whatever bands are re representing that country gets to be in the Parade of Nations. So, like, cool. Uh, let's switch back to DCI stuff. Tom, what's your uh, news story this week? All right. So we're, we're almost coming up to San Antonio where we really get to see everybody go head to head. But flow marching, love them or hate them, did a fan poll of the top ten fan moments so far. I don't know that I agree with all of them. Nobody asked me. I'm a fan. But anyway, <laughs> I'm going to tell you now. <laughs> uh, go check it out. There are some great moments they, they did pick out. And it's not just, you know, the top five cores. Mm. They, there's mm -hmm. Academy got in there with their percussion feature, which is real good for them because it's much stronger than it was last year. Uh, they got cadets in there. The opening statement. Psh, Brilliant. One of the best things in drum corps right now, in my opinion. Hmm. Uh, it's got the Blue Coats Ballad in there. It's got uh, Blue Star's Crazy Closer with the all green. Love that moment. Uh, it's got a lot of good stuff. There's no Blue Devils yet. Um, I don't know if no one saw them yet, but uh, they've got some amazing moments in their show. Uh, Boston Crusaders got in there with the tuba moment. 
That's a fun little uh, uh, tuba feature they have in their show, um, which seems to be a trend this year. But Boston's, they knocked it out of the park, I think. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think we all have our favorite top 10 moments already, which is easy to do, I think, this year. I don't know. I don't know how you pick. I saw a video on Blue Star social media of them playing Levy and Rose, and I was like brought to tears. Um, <laughs> so I don't. I don't know. It was, and then that's not even part of their show. So yeah, I mean, you gotta <laughs> ask some non-biased people. You don't ask a drummer what their top ten favorite moments are, yeah. you know, as opposed to a brass player or a uh, a dancer or, or a color guard performer. It's all gonna be a different answer, in my my thinking, but. I think they're all going to be great. <laughs> Tim, I see you've brought us a news story today. Yeah, this is really cool. The Florida Memorial University, which is a, an HBCU in South Florida, um, they're called the Roar, everybody. And I got to tell you, I want to be in a band called the Roar. Like, yes. that's like fun. They all scream Roar all the time. Like, I, I want to be a part of this band. But anyway, um, they are a new marching band. They've only been around like a three like three years, even though the, you know, the, the university has been around a really long time. They are headed to France, everybody. Mm. I mean, this is amazing. They're performing um, at a... Uh, like a big festival in a city southwest of France. And I'm not going to try to pronounce it because it's in French, you know, and I would just butcher it, but it translates to band madness. And I love that too. So the roar is going to be part of band madness. This is a great, great story. Now, listen, genius. everybody. Um, I, I'm just trying to take a small group of students like to McDonald's. It's like a yeah. giant undertaking. <laughs> in my opinion, you know? so the idea of taking 90 band members from this HBCU to, to, France is just amazing to me. Think of the experience, the life experience. It will change those students' mm. lives. Once you've seen the Eiffel Tower, mm. walking along the streets of Paris, I'm sorry, you come back a different person. So I'm so, so excited that they're going to have this experience. They are the only uh, college, American college, let me say that again. They are the only American mm. college marching band to ever perform at this festival. So yeah. they are bringing American marching band to the people of France. I think it's super, super cool. By the way, the roar... Uh, was named by ESPN in 2021 as the uh, first among the HBCU Division II bands in the nation. I don't know how they got that, but they've got a lot of good stuff going on. The article that I read talked about how important band is to just building young people and citizens and how much it improves our lives. We all know that stuff. Mm. So congrats to the Roar from right Florida Memorial University going to France to represent us all. Super proud of them. Awesome. Mm. That just goes to show, get in the band. You will travel, whether it's the next yeah. town over or another country. Get in yeah. the band. No doubt. Trish, you have some pretty cool stuff going on over at DCA. Do you want to tell us about that? Okay, yeah, there is some really exciting stuff going on at DCA. Um, last Saturday was the DCA show at Clif in Clifton, New Jersey. Um, and looks like the Reading Buccaneers came out of the gate really strong um, with a nice big lead. And from what I saw, um, complete package, all props, all costumes in. So they look like they're off to a really great start. Um, Cavaliers debuted their color guard costumes, and I'm in love with them, mostly because yellow is my favorite color. Mm -hmm. But um, Everything looks to be going really smoothly there. Um, no big surprises. I don't think there are any big surprises score-wise. Um, but 
lots of good stuff happening. So much good stuff happening that Jeremy and I have been brainstorming and we're going to take on a water break to a weekend edition featuring DCA. So we've been reaching out to people that we know, top people in, in the DCA world um, to explain, you know, if they want to come on and talk about their shows or talk about what's going on behind the scenes, um, we're welcoming that. So we're putting all that together and it's going to be, we're really excited about it. And I know all of you will be too. I know that's, that exciting. Cool. that's too. exciting. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that merger with DCI to see how that grows and, and what comes yeah. of it all. Yeah. It's well, gonna I know be, I'm very interested as that's well. kind of like a touchy subject right now, but it is a touchy it's subject grow, right now. Yeah, it is a touchy subject right now, but let's see how it all plays out. Well, speaking of traveling to other countries for bands, Cynthia, what do you got for us for news today? Well, it's the, how do you call this? America's Got Talent? No, I don't live under a rock. I know what it is. It's uh, this <laughs> recap. It's a six-week uh, six recap. It was a lot of good stuff, really cool, fun stuff to see. But there is a group, they call it like a mini marching band Um it's like a mini core, mini, mini core. It's four, four Japanese that are playing horns and, and they move. It's really interesting. But the thing that rings a bell to me is that they are J Japanese and they need a translator. So it's so cute to have people that kind of don't speak English, isn't it? So it's really fun. And it goes back to Lost in Translation. If you don't know, wink, wink. Fine, look, at, look that up. But yeah, it's really cool. You can look at the recap. There's videos of all the all the, the performances, and they got four yeses, so they're moving forward. Ooh. Cynthia, is this, uh, are they a TikTok sensation group? They have like 91k followers on... I was going to say, I think some... I've seen this group before. Yeah, 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 but now they're here, so they're going to get big, big, big. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say our our show notes have ninety seven thousand subscribers on their YouTube channel, and I literally just went to subscribe to them myself, and they have mm. ninety seven point two. Ooh. So they are growing. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's M O S, right? You said Moss is M O S. Did I say it? You said it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, not Did I say the <laughs> <laughs> not taking anything away from their group doing it, but they're they're not the first like marching activity kind of thing to be on there. Pulse no. Winterline has been. Um, I think some uh, other groups, Atlanta Drum Academy. I can't remember. There was a, a Winter Guard. I want to say Black Watch audition. Black Watch for, did they go on the show on TV? They weren't on the show, but they did audition yeah, for America's Got Talent. They were in the background, like we were talking about earlier. They were in the background of a bunch of the shots, and I just kept thinking, I kept seeing them being like, oh, there's a guard! There's a guard! They're coming! They're gonna be on the show! <laughs> but international people or international groups are so exotic for you guys. <laughs> so they're notable. <laughs> we can't help it. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for a great rehearsal this week. Thanks to our hosts, Tom, Trish, and Cynthia. Thank you so much to our guest host this week, the amazing Tim Hinton. You guys can find him at Marching Arts Education or at Marching Roundtable on your social media. Go subscribe, write us a review, and share this with a friend. Make sure you follow us at, on social media. We are at On A Water Break, and we will see you at the next rehearsal on A Water Break. Go practice. Bye.